Minnesota Vikings fans, welcome back to the Purple People Eaters podcast. He's Aaron, I'm Chris, and we're here to talk about yet again another Minnesota Vikings victory. Six and one on the year and dating back since 2009 since they were six and one. Even that 13 and three year, 2017, they were two and two to start. So this is a great start. I think it's the best start uh, of any brand new first year Vikings coach to get to six and one. So things are looking up. And speaking of looking up, Delvin Cook had his best game, whether it's running the ball, rebalanced attack in general, but he really was catching and running the ball. Cook really had a great game. Um, offense for the most part looked pretty damn good. You'd like for them to be able to uh, pass protect a little bit better. Um, the last few drives, it would have been nice to maybe get six or seven plays instead of a three and out or a five and out. But uh, overall, you know, putting up finally hit the 30 point mark. Uh, we got close, what, 28, 28, 29, but hit over 30 and beat those damn. Cardinals. The Cardinals are now 0-11 <laughs> when it comes to playing in Minnesota. It's been a long, long time, you know, since they were able to get that. And once again, this defense, man, sounds like a broken record because it is the bend but did not break. Another game where they did well in the rushing department as far as stopping it. Lots of pressures. Zadarius Smith, I mean, Three sacks in that game. He's tied for the lead in the NFL. My goodness gracious. And Pat P, too. I mean, this dude, he was right about this off coverage and how it's going to say, you know, it's going to make up for any step, half a step he lost as far as speed because he is having a phenomenal year. You know who's not having a phenomenal year? Our kicker. We won't name him, but our kicker is giving us problems. Now, we were just talking about off-air, maybe. You know, he started out rough last year, then really got it together. Maybe, just maybe, that can happen, but man, it's messed up. <laughs> it is getting, it's getting old, and it's getting old in a hurry. You have some injuries we'll talk about, especially Irv Smith and Tomlinson. Of course, we'll preview and predict at Washington, kind of a scrappy club. They don't have any, you know, quality wins per se, but um, they are three in a row of late. And if you, so we'll predict that game. Um, kind of a trap game, you know, coming up with, with Buffalo on the schedule in two weeks. So hopefully they get the job done. And then we'll, if you've listened to the show, you know, we always talk Gophers to close um, this year podcast. And hey, they got a dub. That's all they needed was just to get a win established, and now they have some winnable games coming up. If this is your first time listening to the Purple People Eaters podcast, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Ropadope Radio. You don't have to go to Blog Talk and Ropadope and download the show directly there or listen to the browser. If you don't want to, you can find the Ropadope Radio podcast platform where this Viking show is on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Claire FM, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Podcast, Amazon Music. We also have the Living Loserville page on Spricker. While you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord, 
or you're happy, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called DirecTV Stream. The prices start for a limited time only at $49.99 for two months. If you go with the choice or ultimate package, that gives you three free months of Showtime, Stars, Cinemax, and Epics. That's three months of those four platforms for $160 that you save. It's the best of live TV and on demand. Uh, you get to enjoy regional sports networks without the hidden fees. Of course, there's no annual contract. That's direct TV stream. Okay, so we were just talking off air how it sure would have been nice to get up two possessions late in that game. You know, after getting up 14 to 3, then getting down 17 to 14, then getting back up 28 to 17. They shrunk it to 28 26. It sure would have been nice, Aaron to get up by nine points knowing that they had to score twice. But that's just not how it goes here in Viking Land. Hey, Chris, how you doing? It's You're right. It's always something. And we were talking a little bit off mic, and it was like, you know, it's been a combination of the same guy, it seems like, for the last, what, since 2015, except, you know, with the exception of Daniel Carlson, who was his, his own case. Uh, but just guys that – are just inconsistent and erratic in all levels of field goal kicking. And, you know, we try to say, you know, find some confidence for this kicker. And, you know, it's like, okay, well, how long can we play the confidence game? And, and how long can we try to boost somebody up when we're, you know, we need nine points to feel comfortable and we get eight and it's just not working out. So I don't know what they're going to do about that, if anything at all. I mean, this might just be a let's see what he can do for the season. But I, you know, yeah, I don't feel any better about extra points or field goals fifty under and field goals fifty plus. It just all seems to be well. Let's let's hope he makes it. And you know, this is a pro league with pro players, and it's like you should be able to go out and do your job now. You know, we'll give you. A, you do 60% of your posts are past 50 yarders. That's fine. But, you know, I just, I just can't deal with the, just the crossing the fingers, the national teeth, the looking away anymore. It's just, this is really ridiculous. And just knowing that, you know, you're going to miss an extra point somewhere in the game. Where's it going to be? And how's it going to go? And this one, he doinked off the uprights. It's just, it's beginning to be laughable. I mean, it really is. It's just crazy. It's just three of them on the year. It's now our 50-plus yard who's comfortable from 50, not as comfortable under 40, I guess, but five in a row now, one of six overall, five in a row from 50-plus, and we know it's not going to be 66 or even five and six, 50-plus. We get that. But three of six is very doable. Three of six, four of six, just just hit one of them here at some point because the offense is doing a great job. And once again, we've talked about this almost all year. They're doing a great job at the end of the second quarter of getting some point, you know, an opportunity to get some points. And we're, you know, we're moving the ball with like 40 seconds left getting there. And it's very frustrating when the special teams part of it, really the only fault or bad part of the special teams has been kicking, and as we know, that's a, that's a major part of it. Uh, but you can tell off that first drive in the first quarter, we were going to try to run the ball. Five straight runs. Uh, Cook had three of them. Cousins had two of them on that opening drive, 10-play drive. 
almost lasting five minutes. Nice catch by Jefferson on there. There was that third and four run with a little scramble um, that turned into like turning the corner. All of a sudden, you're like, well, that's more than a first down. Wait a second. Cousins got a chance. Oh, he scores a touchdown, dives in. Um, there was also like that nice little throwaway earlier when he got hit. I didn't. I thought he was for sure just going to get hit in the sack, but was able to get rid of the ball. Um, so right off the bat, you could tell they wanted to run, and it was a night. You know, it's something that we stressed with the positive and negatives, and and what that means moving forward of the segment we did during the bye week last week. And it was nice that they established the run right off the bat, five straight runs. It was nice. You know, we've been calling for it sort of under our breath. We need to run the ball more, and I think a lot of people have, and just kind of wondering when Cook and Madison are going to get involved in the offense. But, you know, the big surprise was Kirk Cousins, like you said, taking off to his left and going quite a ways for a touchdown there. He got the corner. corner. (laughs) He got the corner, and he went into the end zone. That was a surprising run. I just didn't see that coming off the top of the game. But you're right, man. I mean, Got to involve this run game, especially now when we're in the kind of, you know, the mid part of the season where you're going to have to, you know, eat some clock sometimes. You're going to have to, you can't throw 92 times a game. I mean, you can, but I wouldn't suggest it. Um, so you got to run the football and, you know, Cook needs to get into rhythm. Um, and he, I think he did a pretty good job of that, but you know, this has been the most carries I think he's had all season. You know, he's been a pretty good soldier about it, but usually he likes his carries. You know, he doesn't care about having too many carries. He, no such thing for him. So, yeah, I just think that it's about time we see the running game involved. Um, and I think it just kind of helps with the, obviously it helps with the play action, but it, it helps kind of balance this offense out. You can't be out here throwing everywhere all the time. You got to balance it out. And I think they've done a good job so far now after this game of, uh, of trying to balance the offense a little. Definitely is needed. I think we came in, you know, 26th in the league in attempts or something coming in this week. So it, it was definitely nice to see that. And Pat P from Jump was talking to the to the coaches, to the players, to the sidelines, whoever wanted to listen that was on that sideline. Pat P was even when he got the horse collar, which was a little bit of a funky horse collar on the first defensive offensive possession for Arizona, obviously. There was a third and seven there where it looked like a, a Smith sack, but they had called a timeout. Um, Hopkins had like a nice little corner route. Uh, four had a, some catch and run. I think two catches on that drive. It was an eight-play drive, but Pat P got the PU in the end zone. 44-yarder, no problem. He made it. <laughs> um, seven to three. Then we got a little too aggressive. We start out really well, you know, there was a little fake handoff that made it look like, once again, it was going the opposite direction. We pitched it to Cook. Beautiful 30-yard run. So beautiful that Bradbury had to talk some trash. Unsportsmanlike penalty. And it, the, 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 the whole thing kind of went, Mund had, a, Mund had a good block on that too. But the whole drive kind of went downhill after that. A um, little too aggressive out of Kirk on third down because he had a first down and just taking this risk like 20 yards down the field when you had a first down, fourth down, uh, you know, I, I 
fourth and short, maybe run the ball at that point or at least have some play action in there. So the turnover on downs was a little disappointing, but uh, we made up for it because Darius on a third and seven got a sack. They had to punt. And then a nine-play, 83-yard drive. The outside runs were huge. Cook had a 19-yard run and had a nice uh, run again after that. Um, Thielen had a really great catch on that that play. Madsen had a a damn good run as well. I think a 15- or 16-yard run. Um, Overall, though, uh, a great play call, a great play design with, like, two different fakes. Rhaegar was coming in motion. It was like you didn't really know where the ball was going. Once again, it was a little misdirection. It looked like everything was going left. Uh, and, and there's Mund with his first regular season touchdown. 14-3, to Aaron. We had a runs of 11, 15, 17, 19, and 30. Up 14-30, to 30, or 3. Um, Cook had, like, 60 yards in the first quarter. I was feeling really good right about that time, uh, up 14 to three. Like, okay, we're really showing up defensively too. That was too. And I thought, you know, offensive was, like you said, misdirection this, uh, you know, quick dump pass that and, and some good running there. I thought, you know, on that fourth down that you brought up was just, just run the ball, man. I mean, I guess he was just thinking I can get more, but you know, his, his throwing touch was off, I think all Sunday. He just wasn't making passes that he usually makes. I'm not sure why, but I think that was just one of those things. He thought he had Jefferson, and it's just, you know, just run two yards, just run and fall down, man. You, you got it, you know. But, um, yeah, do something, you know, <laughs> just, just get the first. And uh, he didn't. But, yeah, you know, it's just they don't think you're going to run the ball because you've been throwing the ball so much that, you know, I think the next time around with we get to Washington, they're going to be aware of us running the football. But I think we've got a little surprise on them. And I thought the misdirection down in the end zone is just, you know, they used to kill our Zimmer defenses, you know. The Bears would do that with Nagy in the early days is try to misdirection us and get our linebackers looking the wrong way. And now we're kind of doing that stuff. And, you know, it, it seems to work. I like the motions. I like the, the misdirection. And I think you can't get an easier touchdown than you did to – uh good old Johnny Munt for a 14-3 lead. And, you know, you got to feel good about that. And you just think, you know, if offense can continue to uh, drive down the field like that, then it's going to be a long day for for the other team, which, you know, could have been. But uh, they found a way back in. Oh, did they ever. Um, there was a couple of, you know, five- and seven-yard play kind of drives that didn't go anywhere. Darius got another sack, had to punt. We were pinned near the end zone. Got a couple of plays to give us a little bit of uh, oomph. Uh, KJ almost made a beautiful play with, with a ball that was high, but almost made a great play that would have kept that drive going. But Arizona finally put a nice drive together, 10-plus, or 10-yard, uh, or 10 play, 72 yards. Quick strike, though, in like 2 minutes, 32 seconds, Hopkins had like two other catches on the drive, but that one hand snag, uh, there's not much you're going to do about it. It's 14 to 10. There's 47 seconds or 48 seconds, something like that. Uh, great catch by Thielen. Seven plays, went down there, loved the aggressiveness once again, but we missed the uh, the kick, got it blocked again. It's our second out of 650-plus yarders. We only made one and two of them. 
per block. So, you know, you're looking at halftime and we're keeping their run totals, which, you know, with Murray is, is a little tougher to keep that run total low, which we did pretty much all all game. We did a hell of a job containing him. But, you know, to give up the points, especially a touchdown, and then not get some back, it, I, I kind of felt like, all right, it's 14 to 10. Let's see how we do here, um, you know, in the first or first drive of the third quarter because we knew that they had the ball and they got a holding call. Pat B, Pat P got another PBU, almost got an interception. Now B got the ball back, and you know I believe Cook lost. I think he lost a few yards on first down. Didn't do much on second down. Got a got sacked on third down. In I think that's where uh, the rookie got called for tripping as well. Um, so you're like, man, okay. Whatever, maybe our defense will play better here in the second or in the in the third, and they put together a drive. Once again, a quick strike. Two minutes fourteen. Hopkins thirty-three yard catch. Ertz got that touchdown and right by the pylon got in. They take the lead, fourteen to three. Nope, it's seventeen to fourteen. And you know, I'm like, all right, well, you know, we 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 both called for a tight game. The the spread was three and a half at kickoff, so. It's like, all right, another another one-score game. Let's see what we got. And I did love how they responded on that drive. Uh, kind of a quick strike for us, three minutes. Eight plays, 75 yards. Nice little – Cousins had that nice little step up in the pocket that dumped it off to Cook. Cook had a bunch of those, um, like five of them. Thielen got a nice catch, terrific catch by uh, J.J. That was a little high ball. Got a nice grab. Um, I mean, whenever you can get a touchdown run from the seven-yard line, Matson, you know, maybe at the two-yard line, grinded it in. To respond right away, I felt pretty good 21-17 to after, uh, you know, getting that lead and then getting down. That's it, the response. And in the third quarter, which has been a drought for this team all season, um, you, they, you know, you mentioned the block kick. That wasn't a block. He kicked it into someone's helmet, so – technically a block but the trajectory is so <laughs> low that, that. <laughs> exactly um and Ertz's touchdown was a little you know muscled he muscled his way in and and Matson did it too as well so I thought the response was the big thing you know the Arizona was all quick strike all game they all their drives were quick 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 they didn't really do anything sustained big plays Hopkins who's a beast and you kind of called that last week that he was going to be a problem, and he, and he was. I thought they contained him as well as they could have, but uh, yeah, I mean they got to respond. I was surprised because I've been watching that third quarter pretty close now because I think you said last week one score, one touchdown in in the third quarter. I think all season or or something like that. Forty when we were down seventeen to fourteen, it had been forty to six at the time in the third. Yeah, that's horrendous. So, yeah, he was watching that. So they got some more points in the third. And like you said, he got to respond. You get down by three, and you got to come back at him. And that's what they did. And I think I like this team now a little bit. That you see, starting to see a little bit of that, uh, you know, response and, and coming back. And I think offensively, if they were consistent, they could have j- drove all day on these guys. I think to just hiccups here and there. Ingram with the trip, like you mentioned. And, you know, just you don't have to do that. But, you know, he did. And, 
So, and I think they overcame their penalties as well as, as you want to talk about response. I think for the most part, they overcame their penalties pretty well this game. Yeah, it was a sloppy game. Ten penalties again after you know, having the least amount of penalties. Hopefully we obtain uh, some of that. No doubt the offense, you know, could have done a little better. But, you know, if you're putting up 28 plus the 30, well, not 34, um, off of that short field that they were given, this one kind of started turning into the defense because, all right, dude, you know, no big deal. I loved how the defense, you know, added that pressure. I think Zedarius got didn't get home but got home with enough pressure to force an early throw on that deep ball. Easy pick for Harrison Smith. Now has 33 of them in his uh, career, returned it for 15 yards. And something we didn't see in that New Orleans game, in the Miami game at times, was taking advantage of the short field. And, man, did the Vikings do that. Jefferson had a 17-yard catch on there. Roughing the passer helped out to cook up the middle on a drop play, I believe. And it's 28-17. And you're like, okay, that's two touchdowns in the third. Like you said, we came in to the game six, we, you know, we more than doubled it. I'm thinking, all right, 28 to 17, we're up 11, you know, we're up again by 11. Let's see how this, oh, four play, 70 yards, 38 yard touchdown, more breaking tackles like he's Barry Sanders or some shit. Um, you know, Kendrick and Pat P both were going for the strip thinking somebody else was going to tackle him. Neither of them tackled him. Now we did, uh, Harrison came over and helped out Cam on that two-point conversion, so it was 28-23. to 23. Um, But it, it kind of felt like, all right, dude, like, you know, we they, they responded, you know, they got up, and, and just another quick strike, like you said. And sure enough, you know, uh, I mean, in, in three minutes and 24 seconds, they got three touchdowns uh, as far as game. Um, now, Simmons – is a beast, as we know on defense, but coming out of Georgia. But, dude, like that sack strip, for him to get the sack in the strip, it, it looked like they had Herb open for a first down, too. And that one was like, oh, boy, yeah, it's going to – they just scored? It, it, okay, we're probably going to give up another touchdown. Now, I do got to give him credit. This is where the bend and really bend but don't break comes in because – uh you know, to help hold him to a field goal, Murray on that third down wasn't ready for the snap. That helped a lot with that fumble. Zedarius, you know, um, <laughs> making a play right there. Uh, for them to have, like, the ball for, like, 327, which is enough for them to score normally, right? They had seven plays, moved the ball eight yards. So that was a huge, huge stop uh, that it was like, okay, 28 to 26, you know, we need a response, and it didn't look like, you know, they had a three and out, muff punt, um, Troy Dye recovered, Boyd kind of took him out of the play by tackling him, four plays later, um, you know, Cook had rumbled for like 12 yards to get that first down with just a pack of people, um, Jefferson had a great catch, uh, Thielen had a really nice block on one of those runs too after the catch. I think Jefferson, yeah, he blocked to open up Jefferson on that third and two first down. Um, but a perfect kind of laser pass in there. Great play call at the in the red zone to KJ. 
and you're thinking, all right, dude, that's exactly what we needed. Let's get up by, okay, no, it's a it's a one score. They, he, he missed it. What the F? 34 to 26, the drama's not over. Is it ever over? I mean, it's just ridiculous that we're at this point with extra points. Um, you've had, what, four years, just a new length of the extra points to kind of get yourself uh, acclimated to it. It's just, and you doinked it, and you knew it was going to doink because you just look at every extra point now and you cross your fingers. It's not even a, a foregone conclusion as it should be. For every other team it is, but not for this one. And uh, I just don't remember seeing so many extra points. And I don't follow every team like I follow the Vikings, but I can't see anybody hiring a guy that can't kick these extra points. But, you know, he gave it a good shot. You know, he just dunked it off the uprights. And, you know, the defense really – you didn't make contact. You know, it had the length. You know, there's no doubt about that. Um but, you know, defense really stepped up in the second half, and you're talking about Ben, but don't break, and getting turnovers. This has been a rash of turnovers the last two games uh, going out and into the bye. Um, you know, special teams, I guess you can say, a muff punt. And then you have, you know, Harrison and, and a lot of good pass breakups with uh, Pat P. And, you know, I don't know how I feel about this defense yet, Chris. I'm still kind of a work-in-progress sort of uh, stance on it because um, I don't like – the bending. I don't like so much bending, but I'll take yeah, it as long as they don't break. Bending. Yeah. Yeah. It's an awful lot. At some point. Yeah. But it does seem to, you know, they seem to get turnovers in the second half. So something's working there. Um, maybe they just have to kind of see what the other team is doing and try to get in there. But um, they're certainly timely and, and you need them. And I just think if we can count on the defense to come in the second half and cause turnovers and, and tighten up a little bit, that's, going to make me feel a little bit better about it. But, yeah, I don't like like the little Rondale Moore. We got enough of him at Purdue. In fact, I think the Gophers probably did a better job of holding Rondale Moore than uh, the Vikings did. I mean, he just – I don't know what Kendricks was thinking there. If, I think they all thought someone else was going to do the tackle and I'm going to go for the ball. Right. It just didn't work out that way, and he scampers for however many yards he got in that touchdown. But, yeah, I mean, and at the time of the ball game, Chris, it's just like, okay, we've been going back and forth now. and Drama after drama after drama. Yeah, no doubt about it, man. It's it's. it's I'm right there with you on this defense. Is the amount of chunk plays, and that that's they keep telling us that's what this defense is, right? No, it's not the chunk plays, right? We're not going to give anything deep, and we're going to let you kill us, you know, with these slow, you know, these little short passing you know, and make the tackle and try to get you in third and long and, and apply some pressure. So they're applying pressure. They're getting key turnovers. But you live by the score. Do you die? I mean, you, you keep living in these games like this. I think the offense did their job enough to get up two separate times. Um, there has to be something there. But like I said, at least they did, you know, make the plays back, no doubt about it. So that was that was pretty big. And, um, you know, being up once again, 34 to 26, um, Hopkins makes a great right, right at the midfield. I think uh, makes a great catch, 31 yarder. Um, but it, you know, actually, I think maybe it's the second play before that. But at midfield, once again, Pat P with the PU, PBU, Cam Bynum with the INT. Um, 
Now, that that drive sucked for the you know for the bikes the next time. Three and out, no gain for Cook. Short gain on the second one. Basically a run, run, and then it was a pass. And that was one of those bull rushes where you know Ingram just got pushed in, sacked. It's like okay, well, um, we still got some drama. Eight play drive. Um, there was a pass interference, I think, on a third and six by Pat P. Um, Sullivan in the slot, you know, was very up and down. He'd make a play, but then you know he kind of get one back on him. But that play that Hicks made, short of the first down to force the turnover on downs, that was a big play. And, and you know, we kind of burnt it from there. Cook had back-to-back runs. By that time, they knew we were going to run. You know what I mean? But that, and I think the coach said it yesterday in his press conference, they almost got a screenplay to work. And Cook almost broke the – the guy should have been blocked, but he almost broke the tackle for a first down, which would have put it, you know, out of reach. But Phillips and Zedarius both got back-to-back sacks to close out the game. And so we didn't have any super late drama, right, overall. Uh, But, yeah, too many chunk plays. Too many quick strike drives. It's kind of like chunk plays and quick strikes. Isn't that the, you know, exact opposite of what they tell us what this defense is, man? It's just now two turnovers and turnover on downs were big. But, yeah, I mean, if we remain in tight games, we're now 5-0 and in these games of one score. But we know how last year works. We know just in general you can lose, you know, the next three out of four tight-ass games if you remain in tight-ass games. Well, that's it. And you you just keep playing with fire, really. You can't – you know, you nailed it. These quick strikes, and it's and these, you just – it's not going to work long-term, you know. You can tell. Especially when you got a team like Buffalo on the horizon, who will quick strike the hell out of you. And they've got a lot of great players and a great quarterback and – you know, guys that can catch the ball and, and run. The, it's just going to be a nightmare if you can't find a way. I just want to see this defense you, tighten up the old-fashioned way in a, in a big spot, and I'll feel a lot better about it, you know, not, you know, just getting a turnover or something. I want to see them, you know, an old-fashioned three and out, you know, something like that where it's like, you know, you stop the run or maybe a goal line stand or something like that where I just know that they got teeth I just don't see it. I I don't know if it's scheme, Chris. I really don't. But if just like you said, it's the opposite of what they sell this defense as. And it's like, okay, well then obviously you've got veterans making savvy plays. Pat P, Jordan Hicks, uh, both getting revenge on their old team. Um, but a big play by Hicks, by the way. You were right. You can't say that enough. That was a great tackle before the sticks and changed the whole game. I think the rest of the game anyway. Um, but yeah, it just got a little too close for comfort there. And even at that last Cardinals drive, you're just like, yeah, we got out of it with it, with Zedarius making a play and, and they just kind of, you know, wilted at the end and their clock management was just horrible. Yeah, really. Burning all those tight ends right. or all those timeouts was just, <laughs> what are you doing, man? Um, but you know, we did get out by the skin of our teeth there and it's just been that way all season. And I, you and I both know you just can't live that way long term in the NFL. You've got to be able to to get a two score lead and keep it. Now they had a two score lead, had their kicker. Eh, we don't want to keep right, beating a dead horse. Yeah, it could have really felt more like 
that game uh, with Miami where it's like, all right, you know, got a little close late, got to eight points, but we were up 14 late. That's more of like an NFL. You got to close these games out in the fourth, but it doesn't mean you got to be tied or only up by three, you know, to close them out to get to 10 points and the tie. But that's all we're asking. We're not at, we know if you're not just going to blow out teams left and right. We, we got that, but you know, just to kind of close out the game like we did with Green Bay and pretty much like they did with Miami, uh, but you just got to click all together. Um, and, man, midway through that game, the Vikings had allowed 11 straight red zone drives to end in, t- in touchdowns. Um, if you look at, uh, you know, this week Miami and, and another red zone from the week before, and they are the worst right now. 80% of the red zone defense it ends up, in, uh, in touchdowns, and that is dead last right now. It's kind of funky because usually you just automatically think them that don't break is awesome in the red zone. That's just kind of what you feel like it's going to be. And, you know, that's not the case whatsoever. But on the positive, I will say this, four games now in a row, Aaron, under 100 yard rushing. And, you know, this Murray can go off. I think we hold them to under – I think it was 78 or something like that. They did back-to-back weeks now apply a ton of pressure. Zedarius is up to eight and a half sacks in seven games. He's tied for the lead. He's on a pace of 20 sacks. Uh, I'm not saying he's going to get there. I'm just saying um, that's pretty freaking crazy. And then you look at Pat P. Like that, like he said a while ago on his podcast, this off coverage is going to give him a couple more years because he's not having to grind at the line of scrimmage so much and not having to commit to turning his hips too early and also being able to, like, have his head at the quarterback. He also says, like, being able to see the quarterback a little bit rather than having to face the number one guy and being up on him pretty much all the time, that obviously wears you down. But, yeah, he is really starting to – I mean, he's allowed the fourth fewest catches, um, 10 now back to back to back three pass breakups a game, 10 overall. I mean, this dude for a 30, like his 12th year in the league, 32 year old guy, man. Wow. This freaking guy is, is doing it. And, and I love me some Pat P. Now, Danzler had a lot, a lot of Hopkins matchups. Um, he was targeted 10 times. He did give up nine catches, but for 77 yards, that's not bad considering who you're going against. Sullivan, though, look at look at Pat P. Five targets, two receptions. It's crazy. Um, but Sullivan, 12 targets, 10 receptions, 102 yards. He did have a rough day. Now, like I said, he did he was he solid at times when we needed him down the stretch, much like this defense. But man, um, little rough there. You know what I mean? little rough, no doubt about it. But o- overall, you know, let's hope that they can get it together and become more of a full defense. I mean, they did have eight tackles for loss, which is a ton for them this this season, and six hits on the QB. And I think we only had eight hits. I think that was on Teddy. So that's a positive. The fact that on offense, balanced attack, 11 first downs rushing, 11 first downs passing. That's the first time I think we can say that. We talked about those short, maybe not a full screenplay, but those halfback dump-offs um, that are, you know, pretty big in the West Coast system. 
Um, I, I, we wanted to see some of them. Cook had five catches for 30 yards, a couple of them there. Five of five in the red zone, six of 13 uh, on third down. Um, you know, eight hits on Cousins, four sacks. But, you know, the pass protection was a little shaky at times, but it wasn't out of hand to where we couldn't move the ball whatsoever. Um, Darisau, once again, uh, he's allowed zero sacks and has zero penalties in the last 306 uh, pass-blocking snaps. I mean, this dude is just doing his thing. Um, he's really impressive for a second-year guy. Obviously, the weak link right now is Ed Ingram. Um, you know, he's been giving up a fair amount of pressures in sacks and whatnot. And we're starting to hear some calls for whether it's Reed whether it's Austin, that Skullman, who's the center in the in the in a guard, Blake Brandell, is it time to start to look into? Hey, maybe we're giving this this rookie too much on his plate, or the fact that he makes plays back and keeps you know doing well on the the run block and all that. Where, where are you at with this young rookie? Because like I said, he makes plays back better than we've seen at right guard in the last three, four years. But if you are going against a great line, they know where to go. And, and, you know, a lot of those three and out, a lot of that pressure was coming from that right guard position. Well, you know, I see it as growing pains, I guess. Um, I don't want to get anybody else in there. He's done a better job, I think, at that position than we've seen in a few years. Yeah, he's got his hiccups. You're right. He's being targeted a little bit as, as the rookie on that line. And, and that's going to happen. You know, go against JJ Watt. He's going to do that to a vet too. So at times. So you just, you know, I think you stick with him. I, I think he's performed for a rookie pretty well. And, and especially in the run blocking department, I think it could be obviously could be better. Um, but you know, I think our pass protection has been improved this season. I, I don't think it's nearly as bad as it was last year in the interior of the offensive line. I think what I want to see from this offensive line is I just want to see him be able to run the ball when the world knows you're going to run the ball. Uh, that's still something we haven't seen uh, quite yet with this line. And they're supposed to be, you know, Bradbury's supposed to be for running the ball in the zone and, and all that stuff. And, you know, we haven't heard much from that left side. I mean, Darisaw is just making it look easy out there. It's it's uh, ridiculous how good he is. Some dude, the way he puts them in the earth, you know. I don't think – we got to upgrade a pan- – he does more than just pancake block. And he's not – you know, he's not built like your typical left tackle. He's not six foot seven and, you know, sure. long. And, you know, he's just stout and big and strong. And, you know, he's taking care of that side so well that you don't even notice Ezra Cleveland what he may or may not be doing over there. Darisaw's kind of got it all covered and seems to be good in the run game. And, you know, even O'Neal's kind of being out sh- outshone right now. And, you know, it's just Ingram's going to take some time. But, Chris, I mean, you got to say that it's been better than what we've seen in the last few slappies we've put out there uh, at that position. Uh, oh, for sure. And definitely his ceiling is higher than any of those guys that we've thrown out there, even the guys that people are calling for right now. I agree. Yeah. You know, give him a full season and then see what happens next year. And if he continues to make these mistakes, it's not like he's, you know, cranking up tons of, you know, false starts and, and all that yeah, stuff. Rolling. He's just, yeah, that's true. 
you know, he's just kind of taking his lumps as a rookie, and I think we're, yeah. we're good to live with that. And you never know who the center is going to be next year. And could be Bradbury again, could be somebody else. Maybe John Michael Schmitz from the Gophers. I don't know. But uh, you get somebody in there, you know, and solidify that line. Like we said earlier, it's a young line all the way through. So uh, I think only good things can come of it. And, you know, just to go back to the defense quickly, um, it's not a playoff defense. And I think that's what's kind of all of us got us biting our nails a little bit. It's, I mean, you can't survive that in the playoffs. Um, now we are in week eight, I think now. So things should be whipping into shape. You should be peaking in about three or four games defensively, and you'll know what you have. But I think you're going to see a lot of parts, you know, replaced next year. Obviously, you need some depth on the defensive line and so on. So I think you just kind of watch a work in progress, see what happens. Hopefully they can tighten up, and maybe by week 16, 17, they're, they're a tight unit, and you're like, okay, you know, maybe they just need to learn the system and learn each other and learn how it goes. Sullivan. Obviously, he's had his issues, um, particularly last game. But I don't really notice him that much in the defense, and that kind of scares me. And then Bynum's been a pleasant surprise, you know, holding down that spot in the safety. It's just like, cool. he goes, nobody really talks about him, but he's making plays, and he's yeah. he's not he's making tackles, and he's not, you know, uh, he's no slouch back there. So I think defensively you have some players that, that can come together. So I'm not going to, you know, jump off the bandwagon on this defense but you know like you said it's it gets a little bit hairy when you're giving up big plays and quick strikes and and you don't want to do that but overall I think this team continues to build um we're still somewhat injury free knock on wood we've got some some guys got some things but nothing to end the season with and um so I, I'm willing to sit back and let it go but I, I just don't like the, the middle of the field stuff Chris I don't like the the quick hitches that they can get, you know, five yards, five. Belichick would just do that, you know. I think we see Belichick Nate later in the year, and he might just take five yards all the way down the field. You don't know what he's going to do. But, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, overall, though, six and one can't complain. Yeah, I mean, it's really those yards. I will have to say this, though. Now that we are entering week nine, considering the depth on defensive line, I now do understand why they're doing the spelling to the degree that they've done. Because, you know, with the outside linebackers and the interior defensive line, document some of the weeks where they knocked them out of snaps or You know, when you look at the fourth quarter, there is something to be said about having a fresh, you know, two fresh outside linebackers in the bigs ready to, you know, be big, so to speak, which they've done better at run block, like or rush stop, I should say, under 100 each one of these last four games. So I will push back on myself saying, you know, why the hell wouldn't you want the best players doing it, you know, all the time. But the fact that there's not a ton of depth, no point in wearing down somebody and, you know, no matter what the score is, you generally have to close the game out in the fourth quarter, like we mentioned, and to have those four guys fresh, I'm starting to see, like, okay, I'm coming around on that. Um, but that kind of blends in, like you said, with Tomlinson, who's been really solid down low. Um, he's got a calf injury, and this will kind of bring us to this Washington game, which is uh, pretty close to a 50-50 type game. 
on the road. You usually get that three, three and a half. Well, that's a three and a half point favorite on the road. <laughs> so, um, in Washington, it's been scrappy, but we have Tomlinson was labeled. It's Monday, right? We get it. It is Monday, but calf injury week to week. Big man at like 325, 330 week to week. That kind of makes me worried. Um, but like you said, nothing long term like, well, he's out, you know, we got to put him on the IR. And then uh, another guy that, well, I shouldn't say another guy, but Irv Smith's having problems staying on the field. The dreaded high ankle sprain. Um, you know, Thielen and Smith did come up with like knee contusions, which I think they'll be okay from. You know, they'll definitely be rehabbing that and whatnot. But here we are. Tomorrow is the deadline for the trade uh, to make a trade. You know, we, we knew that tight end, even before Irv got hurt, was a maybe. We knew that, you know, defensive line, just having some depth from a solid vet, wouldn't hurt. Now it seems like with Tomlinson a little banged up, probably going to need that anyway. And then we were just talking – before we hit the record button, if something happens, knock on wood, to Pat, P, or Cam, who do we turn to exactly? Maybe we need a cornerback, tight end, D-line interior, and cornerback. we got to make a move on something when it comes to that. Yeah, you think you got to make a move on something. I mean, corner, wide receiver, defensive line. You know, defensive line is probably the biggest need, Chris. I think we – agree on that get even if you got a, a healthy Tomlinson you still need depth you still need a difference maker there and, and like you said with the rotation another would do nothing but help you um receiver wise I mean feelings a little banged up um it'd be you know, is really mad up you'd like to have been able to go three wide still some guys here, Kate can step up, but then, you know, after that it gets a little dicey with Naylor, and I don't know who else you got after that, but it'd be nice to me bring someone in. But I don't know if I want to do OBJ or if I want to do, you know, Cooks or, or anything big like that. You know, if you can find somebody like maybe like a Robbie Anderson, I know you can't get him, but you know what I mean? Somebody in that vein where you don't have to, yeah, where you don't got to pay. Uh, Clay Pool's a whole thing. I don't know if I want to get involved with that either offensively um but i think corners the thing we know we don't booth is apparently healthy um but he's not seen any time i haven't seen him on special teams either of course i haven't been looking that hard so he might be out there on special teams but i just haven't seen it um and, and why haven't we seen him is there something going on is he not picking up the defense you know um he's not spelling anybody you don't see him coming in to, to give dantzler a blow or 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 uh pat p so there's something going on there, um, but I'd like to see him hit the field a little bit more, and that maybe make us feel a little better about the corner position. We certainly laughed about it, but Chris Boyd is just not going to be the answer. Um, and, you know, you're going to have to solidify these things as we come down the stretch of the season here. And um, It would be nice to see any move, um, but then again, you know, I don't want to be giving up huge draft. You know, everybody's talking right now about, you know, do you do what the Rams do? Give up your first-round pick and bring in the right. vets. Or and, give up Hunter. And Hunter then there's, the, you know. Hunter in a second for this. Yeah. Just because, you know, he's obviously doing something. That's why Zadarius is getting all these sacks, you know. They've got to watch two people, and they chose to watch Hunter and, and let Zadarius, 
you know, free flow a little bit and he's all over the line and, and Hunter's just kind of picking up this outside linebacker thing. So I don't really, I'm not really too down on Hunter. He'll get the hang of it. Um, but you know, and he's getting doubles, man. You're seeing him having to go through, you know, two different people a lot. Yeah, I'd, I'd say try to find a defensive lineman that's that's any good if you can and, and bring him in. Other than that, um, I think you just stick with what you have. If you can find a receiver that you like, add some depth there and, and maybe a corner, maybe a nickel, because I don't know who's under who's under Sullivan at the nickel spot. Uh, maybe that is Booth. I don't know. But uh, maybe. As this point, at this point, it's like you're a little weak at safety. Uh, you got two good starters. Everywhere we've got starters. We just don't have, we don't have any depth under it. And then, uh, like you said, moving on to the Washington game, it's like Kirk Cousins returns and how's he going to react is a bit of a question there. Is he going to come out guns blazing and is this going to be our first blowout of the season or, or is he going to, you know, go into the Kirk Cousins shell and have one of his stinker games? It's really hard to tell what's going to happen here. And like you said, a little bit of a trap game feel to it. But uh, I think I like them. I mean, I think the Vikings will, will probably come out and play well offensively. Um, but they've got some interesting parts over there in Washington on their offense. The defense could could have a day in front of them. Yeah, when they well, Detroit week two was considered a good team. They lost to them, thirty six to twenty seven. Lost to Philly, Dallas, Tennessee. Um, almost beat Tennessee. But basically, what I'm getting at is when they played. You know, a better team, I, I guess you could say one of the top teams, uh, they've gotten beat. Now they're on a three-game winning streak. They, they beat Chicago. That's not the toughest thing to do, beat Green Bay. You know, they, they, they got up 23-21 to 21 late, <clears throat> almost had a flea flicker go on them. They, they won last week, or I should say two weeks ago, I think. I can't remember. No, it was last week. Um Barely against, you know, the Colts, who, you know, are pretty mediocre this year. So, you know, I don't know. If Thielen can't go, that could be tricky. I mean, if Tomlinson, you know, that that's scary if Tomlinson can't go because, like we said, our, our depth. Um, now, they do have some wide receiver issues. Uh, you know, Chase Young being on in, you know injured reserve definitely helps. It's a low-scoring game on paper. Forty-three and a half is the, uh, the under, over/under, I should say. Washington struggled on offense, though. Eighteen points a game, not even eighteen points. Pass the ball pretty well. Um, they give up a, a, a fair amount of rushing yards. So, if we can kind of blend the the rush and the pass like we did this last week, like we were starting to do against Miami. I like their chances, but until they're not in a tight game, I'm just going to assume it's a tight game. 26 to 23, 24 to 20, something like that. I got the Vikings uh, getting the job done and uh, moving to seven and one. Sir. Well, I'm going to go out on a on a limb here, I guess, and and say that. This is going to be a Viking win, and I would say a blowout, but I just don't trust our defense to hold anybody to. 10 points or, or 14 points. So I'm going to say it's a relative blowout. Well, I think we'll score 35 ish. And I think the, this, the, uh, commanders, I almost said the other name, um, will score in the, this is probably 21 points, something like that. Uh, 21 35. I think we'll offensively have a really good game. I think Kirk will come out, uh, with, with a point to prove, but you know, like I said, it could easily go the other way, but I'm going to go with, 
a big Viking win here, a comfortable, I guess I should say, a comfortable Viking win, something like 34-21, you know, maybe 35-23, something like that. Um, and then, like you said, 7-1, and one, um, which is just almost unbelievable uh, considering how what we thought this season was going to bring. And, um, you know, I can't see a low-scoring game here, Chris. I, I think you take the over here because I just feel like our offense is rolling. Um, we can score the ball. I think we'll be close to scoring that ourselves, and uh, I don't trust our defense to hold them down to, like I said earlier, ten points or so. I think, I think you take the over there, and you you don't think twice about it. Yeah, I'm going over too, even if twenty six twenty three. Other one, uh, technically twenty four twenty is over. So yeah, I agree with you. Uh, whether it's late or not, or you know, just making it interesting the way we like to do. But either way, like I said, moving on to seven and one would be a damn good thing. And, and, and even you know, look at we were talking about eleven games left. And even you know, last ten games six and four, which is very doable. Six and four. I mean, right where it stands, that's twelve and wins. I mean, that's that just blows me away still. So yeah, a lot of good vibes coming. And, and luckily, our Gophers to close out the show did what they had to do. Just go out there, run the ball play good defense, do not lose this game, grind it away. They ended up winning 31-0, uh, to zero, kind of ran away with it in the second half, and it sets up four games left. They're sitting at five and three, four games left, and most of them are winnable. You know, we, we got to go on the road, and still going on the road is what it is. <clears throat> Even though it's Nebraska, it's still on the road. I mean, they lost uh, – um, well, they were on the road at the time, but they lost to Purdue 43-37, to which is a tight game. Um, you know, I don't know. It's just another game where you got to win. I mean, they give up 190 yards on the ground, which is really bad for college. So there's really no secret what they want to do. Um, we make them one-dimensional. They can pass the ball, but make them one-dimensional, have them coming back and secure this win, get to bowl eligible, right, six and three with three games left. It, it, like we said, this season's about getting a couple wins in a row. You know, if they can win next week, then beat Northwestern at home, that's three in a row, and now you're looking right at Iowa at home and on the road, Wisconsin. You know, if they win this game, I really feel like they got a good chance of at least, you know, rattling off four out of those last five games, including last week. So, like we said, just get the dub and we can move on. And that's what I kind of feel about this week, too, except this has a chance to be a little bit closer of a game just because they do have some offensive talent that can put some points up. You're talking about Nebraska, right? I am. Yes, I am. Yeah, just making sure I got my schedule right. Yeah, I mean, these guys, you know, coaching change, all that stuff. It's never easy to play down there in Nebraska. But like you said, giving up 190 a game and you've got Mo Ibrahim and a pretty good offensive line, I could see this game just being a lot of Mo. You know, it's what they like to do. They like to run the football. And a lot, I thought Trey Potts had a good game last game against Rutgers. And you're looking for, you know, for bright spots here, you're starting to get a little uh, push with your offensive line and right in time to go down to Nebraska and maybe put up a big number against them. Mo can obviously do that. 
And if you got Trey in there as well, and you may not have to throw it all. No, you probably will. But I thought even Morgan, uh, his accuracy was better, you know, this time around against Rutgers. And um, it seemed like he was putting it where he wanted to put it. And, you know, Jackson like you said, turn the corner too. Yeah, what can you say, Chris? It is, you're right. At this point in the season, it's, it's get the W, you know, get the W, get bowl eligible. Um, and, and start to look for your rivalry games. That's how you're going to save the season. You're going to try, you're going to have to beat Iowa and you're going to have to beat Wisconsin. And that'll make everybody go, okay, well, you know, had some hiccups in midseason, but we beat Iowa finally and we beat Wisconsin again and, uh, go to a bowl game. And that's kind of what you have to do. And I don't want to say this is a down goal for year, but I do think that it's a transition year. You went, you lost a lot of what are now, playing NFL players off that roster. Um, and now you're, you know, you're kind of building again. I'm not going to say it's a rebuild or, or a straight up down year, but I think you do have yeah. some defensively. You've got some pieces. I think Lindenberg came in and played a little more than he has ever. I think that's a good sign at linebacker. Um, and you do have some good players. So I think, you know, it's not inconceivable that they run the table here and we're not going to put that kind of pressure on them because, you know, you have to go to Camp Randall and you have to go to Nebraska and you got to beat Iowa. You know, Iowa's going to be up for that game too. So, I mean, that's what I say. That's how you save this season, I think, really. Is you, you go and you beat Iowa, you beat Nebraska, and I think all of us will probably go, okay, well, you know, could have been, should have been, but we'll take it and, and move on. And, you know, it's it's hard to follow this team with those losses, though, Chris. I mean, we knew that we knew where the tough part of the schedule was, and it wasn't where everybody else thought it was. And, Turns out we were right on that, and you know, I, I just I hate to be right about that. It just doesn't feel good. But you know, I think the Illinois game to me is just the one this season, uh, or the Purdue game actually is the one I yeah, just. One. It's hard to swallow. Them, it's just, you know? just yeah, it's just one a, of them. Obviously, I guess it'd be it'd have to be Illinois. Yeah, and I mean the showing against Penn State wasn't beautiful, but. At least you didn't have Morgan in there taking the lumps. You had the kid in there. But, you know, save the season is where we're at with the Gophers right now. Yeah, and, you know, they went till about nine minutes in the fourth uh, right in that game uh, against Ohio State, too. And we know, like, you know, two quarters and probably five minutes or something, they were ahead of Michigan. Penn State was. Yeah, Ibrahim, um, 16 100-yard rushing uh, games in a row. That's better than Ezekiel Elliott. So that's the, the, the longest as far as power five. Uh, that's what's had a 100-yard rusher in a row. Ezekiel was the first guy to do it. I think that dates back to like 2004 or something like that. And he leads the power five in red zone rushing TD because he is a man among beasts at times. Yeah, man. Um yeah, I mean, I'll never complain about a chance to get nine or ten wins in a season, including a, a, a bowl game. So if we did end up eight and four, to be able to get nine, or like you said, if we ran it, have nine wins, be nine and three, and have a chance at ten, you're never going to hear a complaint from me on that. Now you hear complaints and being critical in certain games, but overall, you know where we're going. It, it sure would be nice to win three out of these four. The topper would be four out of four. Let's just get the basket dub. All right, we'll be back. Hopefully we're talking about two victories for our Minnesota squads. Seven and one is that close, man. 
you know, trap games aren't as prevalent as college football. But, man, um, any way we can get that dub at Washington, we'll take it. We'll be back next Monday. Peace out.